0: Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's podcast, we have a fun guest for us. He is the uh, creator of PodMatch, which is where we get a lot of our guests for our podcast. And he is the host of Creating a Brand Podcast, Alex Sanfilippo. San, man, I, I always get the, the different cultures. You do. Names.
1: We've talked about this.
0: Filippo. There we go.
1: I have a question. Is this a good guest for us or a good guest for our listeners or everybody?
0: Everybody. So that's in addition so in addition to that, uh, he um, – so he does a lot on – Talks likes to talk a lot about uh, automation, uh, being more efficient with your time, stuff like that. So it'll be fun to talk to him about that because he's all about being an entrepreneur and that's what pod match is all about, which I feel like they've been getting a lot of plugs recently, but um, that's fine. The uh, – because that you know they're a good help and it's all about helping small businesses kind of spread their word um, network and all of that type of stuff. So that's mm-hmm. it's in alignment with him and his brand. So uh, be interested to talk to about that before that. Let's talk about time management, Julie. Mm. as you came running over here in between a meeting to record this podcast and then, oh, if we finish quickly, we can jump on this other meeting.
1: Well, that's because we're double booked and we almost never get double booked, but we're double booked today. Um, And that's because, you know, we are doing Zach Babcock's podcasting course. So as you guys see us get dramatically better in our podcast over the coming weeks, that is because of Zach, who's also going to be a guest. And um, we, but we had this podcast scheduled beforehand and we didn't want to reschedule because it wasn't our guest's fault that we had a conflict. And so I just said, well, if we, you know, finish early, we can do both. I wasn't trying to double book
0: us. I know you weren't trying to double book us, but I'm saying in time management in general, because we did, we had this scheduled with another Mm -hmm. meeting scheduled right before this. So Mm -hmm. we... We've had some, you know, just like everybody. I mean, there's some days you look at your calendar and you just want to kind of vomit. You're like, what's the point of even trying to do anything else? today? I know,
1: right? It's like when do you do the work? That's yeah. what I, I think I said that earlier today, right? That this is when I look at our calendar. Sometimes I struggle to say, "Gosh, are we entrepreneurs or are we back at corporate America?" Because remember, in like you know, we work for corporate. You would get like meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, and you're just like, "Oh, this day I want to vomit." Some days our calendar looks like that. But the weird part is we actually control that.
0: Yeah, I know. One of us controls that. <laughs> but for, for us, that it comes down to just being able to manage that schedule. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, when it comes to uh, like time blocking is one of the things that we do. And it's like mm-hmm. with our calendar Uh, program that we have it you can only schedule at certain times of the day for certain types of meetings and that type of stuff so we know that we're not going to get overloaded with certain types of meetings and it blocks off time automatically we block off time in the day so that we know that you know we're not going to get bombarded with uh like we for instance we usually block off the uh fridays every friday to get Mm -hmm. you know specifically just so we can get client work completed Mm -hmm. um one of
1: us doesn't always honor that
0: yes that's true (laughs) We're not going to tell you which one of us. Yes, but it's not me. Uh, <laughs> it's me. But, yeah, and then, you know, and, and weekends, obviously, we rarely have any kind of client meetings on weekends.
1: Rarely. Is, Sometimes those pass guys slide one in, though, but...
0: Sure, and you love taking phone calls over the weekends.
1: I can't tell if you're being sarcastic
0: or serious. Well, you do. I don't know if you actually love them.
1: Oh, listen, if... I You know what? I, I, I kind of look at it as... Because we're working with small business owners, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, if the only time that works for them is, you know, noon on a Saturday, I'll, I'll I'll do it. I, my rule for myself is that I have to have one day a weekend where I don't work because otherwise I'm just completely worthless to you. And, you know, by the end of the next week, when I'm hitting like day 12 or 13 in a row of working, you're going to be real tired of me. And kind of, we're going to start to argue. So in order to avoid that, I just need, I need
0: one day of the weekend where I don't work. You say that like you provide value when you do get time off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't know why I laughed at that. <laughs> I realized now that was a really harsh criticism.
0: And I can start an argument regardless. So. I, n-
1: I know you can. It depends on your mood. But yes. I feel like you're in a better mood if I'm in a good
0: mood. Eh. I don't know. I think it really just depends. But uh, yeah, but back to, you know, blocking time off and just managing mm-hmm. your schedule. It's it's definitely an important skill that all entrepreneurs should have because it's you're you're busy all the time and you want to have a personal life outside of work, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, that's something that most people don't think about and, and actually determining what your time is worth so you can figure out whether or not... Um, it's of value for you to do whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing that we try and preach here is does it make sense for you to to spend the time doing certain mm-hmm. work? when you, It can just get outsourced.
1: We did an entire course on time management. That is correct. And you'll <laughs> we can talk pro- about
0: that. You're probably going to hear the ad right after uh, we right now, Yeah, right now because we're going to – Alex is waiting on us and, and so we will uh, get started with that. But we'll be back right after this break. Okay. Hey everyone, we wanted to take a quick break to tell you all about our friends over at Podmatch. It's like a dating app, but for podcasts. This is a service we use to connect with potential guests for our show, and we connect with other hosts to be a guest on theirs. If you're an aspiring podcaster, have a podcast, or have something you want to share, head on over to podmatch.com signup bizquick, or click on the link in the show notes to get started. All right, and welcome back to the show. We've got Alex Sanfilippo on. I almost got it right on the front half, um, (laughs) but we'll find out. But uh, welcome to
2: the show, Alex. Thanks, Corey. And Julie, appreciate both of you and this podcast that you all do. I, I'm a listener, so I really love the fact that I get to the opportunity to be on the show and add some value with you, too. So thank you for having me.
1: That's awesome, Corey. We found our listener. <laughs> <laughs> we are so glad to have you. We're excited to see where this conversation takes us today because you've got a number of things going on. And we are going to start with our question today is, Corey, pick number four. So Alex, can you tell us what makes an entrepreneur successful?
2: So, I think that it comes into an internal passion and purpose. So, you don't have to do the things that you're passionate about full time, but somehow you have to be passionate about what you're doing. And I believe that really correlates well to the purpose of an entrepreneur, like why they're doing what they do. And I find that that always goes beyond us. Like the best entrepreneurs out there, it's one that goes beyond just them as an individual. There's a quote that says, What we do for ourselves dies with us, what we do for others echoes into eternity. And I believe really what makes a great entrepreneur is a person that can live above themselves and do something to really serve other people They can find that solution and really just make the world a better place with it.
0: And I, I, that's obviously great advice because it's in doing so you're, you're helping yourself. So it's, it's funny because we actually uh, just wrote a blog. Uh, I don't know if it's released yet. That doesn't really matter. It will be by the time that this podcast comes out, but, um, we got a notification from Podmatch, your company. Uh, that's congratulations on being a, a a member or being a you know part of Podmatch for six months. And it just said, hey, if you haven't thought about this, this, and this, and it gave like three tips on how to do this. And I initially almost didn't read the entire thing, because I was like, oh, this is just a sales email. But then, like, I dug into it, and I'm like, oh, they're giving us tips on how to make this podcast better, and you know things that we can do. And I was like, so it is kind of a sales email, but it's also it it. it Both, you know, it's a win win situation where you're helping us, and in in turn, we're helping spread, you know, like the name, like your business's name as well.
1: Yeah. In the words of Michael Scott, that's a win win win. I don't
0: think there's a third win in there.
2: (laughs) Julie, I love that you, by the way, I was listening to another episode that you guys did. Again, being, being your listener, you guys have more than just me, of course, but you said that's what she said in episode, it was season two, episode 46. You're talking about some entrepreneurial <laughs> advice, and you said that's what she said. I was like, I think that she might be an office fan, so you just <laughs> confirmed that. So thank you. Sorry, Corey. Oh, we took that, that off fine. track there. That's no, my no bad. No worries.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are huge office fans over here. So I I love that quote. I have not... Can you say that one more time? I love that. Sure. I've not heard yeah. that before.
2: What we do for ourselves dies with us. What we do for others echoes into eternity.
1: Man, man, that's really good. That is a, that is a great quote. So... Tell our listeners a little bit about, so we've already sort of tipped them off that you have Podmatch, which we recommend to all of our clients to get on Podmatch to, as if they don't have their own podcast to be guests, right? It's just a really great way, especially if they're starting a new business, right? Get out there, get yourself noticed, like talk to people. Um, But so if you get, you want to share a little bit with our listeners about what Podmatch is about, and then I know you do something with branding. (laughs) <laughs> sure. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Well, thank you. First off, for recommending Podmatch, that that means the world to me. We're a small team, so anybody who helps spread the word is is very helpful for us right now, especially. So Podmatch is a service that is designed just to help podcast guests and hosts connect. So it's it's supposed to help them connect for an interview. So the whole idea was, could we make it like an online dating app, like have a similar idea, and algorithm type of thing? And that's exactly what we set out to create. And we are at the time of recording this just past the year mark of, of starting up this project and helping quite a few people do just that, maybe find those interviews. And our whole purpose behind that is can we get more great content out to the world? Because I really believe that podcast content, like the episodes that are coming out, really is one of the last true mediums for independents to get their unaltered voice out there. Like they're sharing what they want to share exactly how they want to share it. So we want to make sure we have more ways for people to do that. And that's the whole goal behind Podmatch. Let's get that guest and host together to record that ideal interview and share it with the world.
1: I love that. And I don't, I'm sure you know this, but just let me reinforce it for you. Um, It's so much more than just connecting hosts and guests. We literally have expanded our network with people that we use as partners in our services because of people that we've had come on our podcast. And we are now like, we recommend them to our clients for services that they provide or reach out to them. And it's been a really great way to not only like, meet and get, you know, our listeners additional information, but directly impact our clients by offering additional services in our suite of services because of the expertise that some of your, some of the people that come on to Podmas, Podmatch and list themselves have.
2: That's great. I mean, I love hearing that. And that's, that's really the organic side of it that I love to hear because it's all about, for me, how can we spread the word even further? Like, how can we get it out there even more? Uh, and it's just happened from, from the community aspect of it. So there's just people out there helping each other and stuff like that. So that that makes my day to hear that. That's awesome, Julie. Thank you for sharing that.
1: You're welcome. So tell us about your, um, you have a podcast on branding.
2: I do, well, it's called Creating a Brand. So it's not yes. specifically on branding, although we do cover that, but the whole idea is the the art of creating a brand, if you will. So it's an entrepreneurial podcast that really focuses on how can we help those early stage entrepreneurs make that first or next step in their business, one that's meaningful and gonna be right and helpful for their business. So. Branding obviously does come into play with that, but it also encompasses a few more things, again, helping that early stage entrepreneur. And one of the things
0: that uh, you talk about, then something that we talk about a lot, so that, that's near and dear to us is time management and just everything that goes into being an entrepreneur and how busy your life can get. And so when you're talking to uh, uh, your potential clients or just anybody out there, I mean, what are some of the tips that you have for people in terms of how to manage their time better?
2: Yeah, so I mean, we'll even use myself as an example here. Like I have a a SaaS, a software company that I started, software as a service, and a podcast. So obviously, like I had to learn how to manage my time at least a little bit, because the two of you know, and maybe some of your listeners know this, but being a podcast host is a labor of love. Like there is no other way to say it. Like it is a lot of work, what goes into producing each and every episode. And again, the two of you know that really well with the amount of episodes that you have. So but for me, I realized I had to get good at managing my time. Like I I had to really understand this because I'm like, okay, I am a little bit split in two directions, although they're both podcasting related, one is a show and one is a service. So how do I actually learn to manage my time well? So for me, the very first thing that I tell everyone to do is take inventory of their time. Take inventory of your time. That's as simple as following yourself around with a notepad and a pen or use your smartphone, whatever it might be, but literally write down everything you're doing for, I'd say like a week or two. Just everything. It's funny. Here's a funny story. I know you two will appreciate this um, because you all are both funny people. I had one guy who emailed me. He's saying he took that advice and tried that, and he said his biggest realization was spending too much time in the bathroom. He was, like, <laughs> documenting how long he was in the bathroom. Too. I'm like, wow. I didn't didn't mean that extreme, but okay. Like, if that's what you got from it, <laughs> good for you. So uh, he made a change there. But in general, the whole idea is just document everything you're doing. I believe that's the best place to start because you'll realize some things that you're doing that maybe you don't need to be doing or that you're not spending enough time on the things that you say are important.
0: And one of the areas that we always talk about is, is like when you say important, we talk about value add. So does this actually do anything for my business or would it make more sense to outsource this or cut it out? You know, there, there's, there are those options out there, but a lot of people I know being in small business and working with a lot of small business owners, everybody loves to just figure out ways that they can cut costs. And that usually comes at the expense of somebody's time and generally their own time. And that, and, and people don't realize how important their time is, or you know <laughs> that it it would make sense to pay somebody uh, a, a nominal a nominal amount of money and be able to uh, have some time off, which is always nice.
1: Yeah, you know, um, sometimes when you're as an entrepreneur, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with this. That there are times when you kind of you second guess yourself, right? You're like, I, this is. Listen, I'm I'm pretty sure I know what I'm talking about here. I feel really confident. But on occasion, you might be like, "Mm, is this really the right direction? And I look, either we were all like separated at birth or like we're just like validating all sorts of stuff here because the number one tip that we have for time management. So we have a course on time management, right? Called Time Bomb and the number one thing aside from telling people like how to calculate the value of their time cuz so many people don't even know what their time is worth they don't understand it and right. it's like when you talk to an entrepreneur and you're like what's your time worth and they're like uh, uh and maybe people will automatically jump to what their hourly billable rate is but like truly like what is your time worth but the second thing we we tell people is audit your time. Like, where are you spending your time? Because so many people don't even know, they don't have a clue. So, um, I feel much better about time bomb now because we, <laughs> exactly what you said is what we tell people. So that's kind of nice. So thank you.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is just so important. And then what Corey was getting into there is kind of like the next level, if you will. Right. Like, you, cause it's very easy to be like, okay, I'm watching four hours of TV a day. The office is great to watch, super educational. I watch it at least a couple times a week myself. But if you're saying I'm spending four hours a day watching TV and that's, but you're saying something else is important to you or more important to you, then you've got to make a change. And that's a pretty easy one to notice. But what Corey's talking about is, okay, like here is, I'm working six hours a day in my business, but here's two or three things I'm doing that I should probably delegate. And without having something like your course, it's hard for people to understand what's valuable and what's not, and especially just what is, a necessary ending like what just needs to be gone at this point there are so many things i was doing when i started my podcast that i don't do anymore that actually had zero value i thought that they were important to do because i saw their podcasters doing it so i was like all right i'm gonna do the same thing they're doing and then when the day came i finally got the courage i guess you could say to just be like okay i'm gonna shut this down and just see what happens and to my surprise no negative side effect like to something as simple as like i was spending a lot of time on instagram at the time trying to grow that to see if it grow my podcast it didn't help at all and when i switched my focuser to linkedin i was spending probably just a quarter of the time i'd say and it was actually doing more than i ever was able to do on instagram so it's one of those things that it wasn't as easy to notice but when i finally decided okay let me just try without this it helped a lot but that's where something like your course comes in time bomb would be very helpful for people saying okay i've got my focus down to really things that are essential which is my business i'm spending my time on it but what do i do in my business now That's like the the golden question, right? If you can really figure that out, I think that you can really win the entrepreneurial game is if you know where to spend your time on your business.
0: Julie, were you taking notes on things that we need to do to improve our podcast?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm always looking to improve. (laughs) So I will, I'll listen, I'll take any tip we can get. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And and, uh, again, like there's a lot of stuff, like you said, it it seems like it makes sense for you to do it, but until you stop and actually audit it, 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 it doesn't. It, you know, you don't even realize it because it just becomes automatic almost. That you're just you're doing this. You're spending time on Instagram because that's where people spend time is on Instagram. But then if you actually look at it, oh well, that doesn't make sense for whatever it is that I'm doing.
1: Yeah, listen, I'll outsource every bit of social media that I possibly can.
2: <laughs> you do. <laughs> like, I'm with you.
0: <laughs>
1: can someone else handle that for me? And you know, Corey's lucky because he's not even on social media, so it's not even going his direction at all. But it is. It can be a real time suck. And I think people, you know, I I saw this um, a a friend of mine um, posted something on social media the other day, speaking of spending too much time on social media, where he said, you know, we've got all of these advantages right now in terms of like technology and things that make our lives easier. And what we've done is where most people try and they they find ways to become more efficient so that they can add more things into their schedule. And you know, is I don't know if you're a big fan of Tim Grover, or if you've read Relentless or Winning, can't recommend either one enough. But in Winning, he talks about how so few people actually look at, you know, when they think I don't have enough time to do things or I can't get stuff done. And so they want to, they want balance in their life, right? I want to be, I want to have a personal life and a professional life. And so their first instinct is to always, it's usually your, you know, when you're unbalanced, you're probably unbalanced, especially as entrepreneurs, we're working too much. Right. So let's add more like, but I want more personal stuff. So rather than removing from the working side, you try to bring the scale up by adding to the personal side and then you just, everything sort of collapses because you're not really giving yourself the, the what you truly need, which is removing things that really aren't adding any value and aren't all that important. And I mean, I balance is just a total, I I don't believe in it anyway, but I, I do agree with you've got to remove, not add in order to get closer to where you want to be.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I really couldn't agree more. And balance is such like a, I guess a word that's pursued right by so many people. What I do is because I don't know the idea of balance is weird because like, if I'm going to work eight hours a day, if I also want to be like physically fit and balance that, do I need to work out eight hours a day? Like they're not created equal. And then time with my wife, like she doesn't, she doesn't want me to be around her for eight hours a day. Like that doesn't even interest (laughs) her, you know, like she she loves me. I promise. Um, but you know, like two, two or three hours a day, that's good quality time she's more interested in. So like, is that balance or is that not balance? So something that I've learned from other people in my life, it was actually Dr. Ivan Meisner was the first person I heard say this, but he says just something so simple, be where your feet are, Mm -hmm. be where your feet are. And the whole concept is wherever you are in that moment, be there. So while you're at work, don't be thinking about, oh, I'm going to be hanging out with my wife later. While you hanging out with your wife, don't be thinking, like, oh, i got to go to the gym in a little bit. Stop thinking about that stuff. Put all that in a calendar. Let it show up when it shows up. But while you're somewhere, be there. And you and I, all three of us, we've seen this, Julie and Corey, when you're talking to someone that's an entrepreneur, sometimes you, you meet the people, they look right through you. They're like looking right past you. You can tell they're thinking about their task list or they're thinking about what's next or what they've got later this weekend or that, that presentation they've got to give. And you're trying to have a conversation with them, but you can just tell they are not there with you. And that, to me, is the exact opposite of being where your feet are. Their mind is somewhere else. If people can just learn to say, okay, right now I'm here. I've only got a little bit of time right here. Let me give 110% of focus here. I believe that's the best way to live a more, quote you know, air quotes here, balanced life, if you will.
1: I love that.
0: And I was just thinking about how, how much this digital life, especially over the past year, the, the remote, everything has kind of changed that and how easy it is to not be where you need to be. Especially, I, I do this. Everybody does this. You're on a Zoom call because you're not there. Your computer's there. Your phone's there. Next thing you know, you're talking and nobody is looking at the screen. You know, it, it's it's a lot easier to, yeah. to do that when you're when you're doing a Zoom versus uh, when it's you know face to face. Because like if you're in a, a conference room or whatever, I mean, you can pull your phone out. You can be that guy, but um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to get away with it there. So right. yeah, yeah, being there yeah. is is very important. Um, but let's talk about startups because. We love working with startups. We love like the whole ID, idea, you know, the ideation phase, like building it all out. Like everybody's excited because you're 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 building a business and and it, it's new and, and it's the new shiny object. But um, what are like what what are some of the things that like the common pitfalls that you run into when people are are starting a business?
2: Yeah, the first thing I notice is. Initially, you start off in a proactive mode, like you find, I like to think you start from a problem that you're solving, but it could be just someone's idea, whatever it might be. You're proactively going after a solution for that problem. And then the first problem comes into play when you go into a reactive state, which is really what we've been talking about here. It's where you get so bogged down by all the of things that you're doing that you're no longer pursuing the solution that you're trying to create. And instead, now you're trying to keep up with the workflow of what you've already created. The goal has to be to stay in that proactive state. And anytime you're pulled out of it and you're in a reactive mode where you're just doing all the work, it's time to delegate, it's time to automate, it's time to eliminate some things. And those are always the three things I tell people, automate, delegate and eliminate. If you can find a way to do those three things in your business, then you can stay in that proactive state. And the longer you're there, the more likely you are to quickly produce some sort of solution that you're trying to offer to people. I, to me, that's like where it all begins is there's people falling into that. And we've seen it time and time again, people have these great ideas, these great things they're trying to do. And years into it, they're like, I'm just so busy. I just, I can't get any of it done. <laughs> right. And it's sad. Like everyone has this desire. It's just that we get stuck at that point, which makes sense. But again, that's where people like the two of you come in with the solutions that you offer, cause you know, people get past that point. But to me, that's really where I see the first hurdle that people have to overcome is to, to get themselves to stay in a proactive state instead of reactive.
1: Am I the only person who just finds when I hear somebody say I'm busy, I just, I want to vomit. I'm like, it is not possible that you are more busy than we are. Like, it's, it's just, it's not. And like, and you have, that's where you have to be really good at time management. And you have to like, so many people have the desire to do something, but they don't have the motivation to do it. Right. And you can make yourself busy for days on end with like shit that just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So knowing your priorities, and I love that, you know, the automation, automate, delegate, and eliminate. And I I don't think people look at that enough. We do every Thursday, um, Corey and I have a continuous improvement meeting, right? So just for our business, and we look at what do we need to get better at? Where can we simplify? What can we eliminate? Like, what are the things we're doing that are adding zero value that if we got rid of them, we'd be the only people who would notice and it'd be because we'd have spare <laughs> right. time, right?
2: And, but you have learned there's more of that than most people are willing to admit. Yeah. And, and you all have removed things that you're like, oh my gosh, we were wasting our time, right? And everyone thinks that that's not true for them and their business, but it's true for all of us.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to, with small business owners and they're talking about uh, anybody, they're like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. It's like they want to, up in the back or whatever. But like, you're a small business owner. Of course you're busy. Like, like that shouldn't be a surprise. Like, if you didn't get- right. in, if you didn't get a chance to do X, Y, or Z, whatever it is, you can't use "I'm busy" as an excuse. That's what right. you signed up for. Yeah, exactly. That's busy. Right. Is,
2: busy is the starting yeah. line. So yeah. If you yeah. Did, well, if you, how often do you all meet someone that says, "Oh, I've got plenty of free time. I'm not busy at all." Like, when was the last <laughs> time you met someone that's an entrepreneur that said that? Like, never. You'd be like, "What's wrong with you? You must not be doing anything." I know. I know people who are unemployed who always say they're busy. So right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that is that is so true. But so what? What sort of? Um, how do you? What what sort of guidance do you give people when they're, you know, in that suck in that mode of they don't think there's anything they can eliminate or automate or delegate? Like how do you how do you help them with that?
2: Yeah, so the first thing I always tell people to do, especially we're just talking about like being a a founder or someone who's doing a startup or anything like that, specifically is I ask them to reconnect with the customer. So whoever their ideal member, client, customer is, like find out again what they want, what they expect from you because the problem is us as entrepreneurs, we're usually pretty creative people. So we start expanding what we're doing, right? Like initially we set out to do this one small little thing that probably wouldn't take too much of our time, but weeks later, it's turned into like an empire that we're trying to build, right? (laughs) So it's really important to go back to the person that you're serving and say, Hey, what is it that I can do for you? Where are you struggling? Remind me and would this interest you would that interest you get as much feedback from them as you possibly can. And when you do that, then you can go back and start looking at, okay, here's what they're telling me, but here's everything I'm trying to do. How can I narrow my focus once again, back down to the person I'm serving and what, what they want. Now you can't just ask one customer because if you do, you might get the person who says, I want you to solve all the world problems for me, right? But if you ask enough of them, get, get a handful of people even that you know that you can serve and find out, okay, are there are any, any common trends in what they're saying, then you can evaluate against that. And I think that's a super important practice. For me, I do that with my podcast. I, I, anyone who's listening that will give me their time, I will jump on a 15-minute call with them to ask them what they like about the show, what they don't, just so I can reevaluate how they find it, those type of things. And I do the same thing with my software business. I like to know where people are coming from and what they think about it, what it should be doing, what it's not doing, what it is doing, right? And then once a week, I just evaluate everything I'm doing, like the two of you do. You guys said you do that on Thursdays. I do that on Sunday nights. For me, I evaluate. Okay, here's what I did this last week. Here's what might have wasted my time. Here's what there's a simple automation tool for. Right? That's the easiest thing. Most of those are free on the internet these days. Or could I get one of my team members to start doing this task instead of me doing it? So I can get focused once again on solving the problem that my ideal client has.
1: I love that. That is such great advice. And I love that you, you look at like, what can you automate? I feel like that's probably going to become part of our continuous improvement meeting. Cause Corey <laughs> right. perked up a little bit when you said that um, <laughs> we need to start wrapping up. Um, I've got just two micro questions for you. The first one is I would love it if you we would love it if you could tell our listeners not only how they can find you, but a little bit about your SaaS company, because we didn't really touch on that. And then the second thing is, um, we just want to know how can we help you spread the word about Podmatch or anything that you're doing so that you can increase not only your listeners, but your customer base?
2: Yeah, thank you. I I love that. I I rarely get asked questions like that. So thank you so much to both of you for, for doing that. Uh, first off, my podcast is just at creatingabrand.com. As you can tell, I am super creative. I just want like the most literal name and website. So <laughs> creatingabrand.com. You can see everything I'm involved with there. Um, and then the, the SaaS company we're talking about, software as a service, is Podmatch. And that's just podmatch.com. If you're interested in being a guest or let's say you have a podcast or plan on launching one, it'd be a great service to, to really help add value to you by connecting with some ideal people. As Julie and Corey both stated earlier, it's, it's really helped them a lot, not just with finding guests, but also business partners and things like that, which totally made my day. But yeah, that's that's everything I'm doing. So it's at creatingabrand.com and podmatch.com.
1: Great. And is there anything that we can do to like help promote you?
2: Really? I mean, you all have done such a great job, like just this alone. Like I can't wait to share this episode with with my audience. It's super helpful. But anytime you know somebody that fits that criteria, just pass it along to them. And uh, that that's really helpful for us because we are growing completely organic, I'll say right now I did like air quotes there. Like for the most part we're doing just word of mouth and that's how we've really been able to expand.
1: All right. Well fantastic. We are happy to do that. And thank you so much for coming on the show. This was really enjoyable. I say that after every guest, but this is the first time I've actually met <laughs> I've meant heard it. you say it before. So. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in and you can find out everything you want to know about Alex in our show notes. We're gonna drop it all there for you. And if any of you are interested in working with us, you can reach us at on our website which I'm not going to tell you the name because that's Corey's line yeah we gotta
0: work work on this whole outro but (laughs) don't forget to connect with us on social media Uh, we've got LinkedIn Twitter Instagram Facebook and a YouTube channel and everything you need to know and including how to connect with us if you want to work with us on our website sbpace.com
1: yep and please subscribe and listen to our podcast and oh we would love a review we really really enjoy those reviews and feedback and um subscribe i feel like i really just botched that part but hey it's good enough you you got
0: the gist And don't forget to reach out to us about any topics that you might want to hear about. Or if you want to be a guest, you can go uh, to our website, sbpace.com slash bizquick. And I think there's another slash in there. But anyway, that's all on the website. Or you can go into Podmatch. You can connect with us there as well. Uh, And don't forget to buy our book. It's the number one bestseller on Amazon. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. We've got a digital workbook download available on our website And if you've already purchased it, please like it and give us a review. I'm pretty sure I'm Julie. And I'm Corey.
1: (laughs) And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.